Hey everybody, what is going on? This is your boy Christian Israel, and you are tuned into the New Creation Capital Podcast. Normally, Monday through Friday, this is a place where we discuss what happens in the world today, the stock market, and digital assets. However, today is the Sabbath, it is Saturday, and I want to give you a different type of news, the good news of the gospel and of Jesus Christ. And this is what I do every single Saturday, every single Sabbath. This is my Saturday and Sunday podcast. We call it the Sunday Scriptures because, honestly, it just sounds good. (laughs) It just sounds good to say Sunday Scriptures, but today is the Sabbath. And today I have something special for you. Normally, every Saturday when I wake up, I kind of do my normal wake-up routine, and then I sit down, I put my Bible on my bed, I turn around, and I pray over my Bible, asking the Lord to guide me and give me something to speak about, um, and then, you know, just basically invite the Holy Spirit into the room. Well, today, as he always does, he comes through with another uh, amazing word of God, a word of him. And today, when I opened my Bible, I opened up to Hebrews, and it came to Hebrews 4, and the title of it is, A Sabbath rest for the people of God. Oh, I've been wanting to talk about this for the longest time. Ever since I discovered what day the Sabbath actually was, that it wasn't a Sunday, that the Sabbath is a Saturday, and that it always has been a Saturday ever since God rested after the creation of the world and of our universe and of everything that we see in front of us. And we're going to ask her ask a couple questions today. And I'm not going to go too deep into it, but my main question is, why do we have Sunday church when the Sabbath is on a Saturday? Did Jesus change the Sabbath and make it a Sunday? That is something that we're going to talk about today. But mainly, I'm going to read to you from Hebrews chapter 4. And then we're going to break down some other scriptures throughout it. This is going to be a teaching. Um, this is going to be a teaching day. I feel like we need to talk about the Sabbath because this is important in these times. Is that we make sure that we pay attention to what the word God, the Word of God says, not what we feel, but what He actually says. So before I start, I guess let me go ahead and pray and then I will read some scripture to you and then we'll dive into several different verses throughout the Old and the New Testament that rely uh, that tell us about the Sabbath being a Saturday okay guys so uh, please if unless you're driving uh, please bow your head and, and pray with me Heavenly Father first off thank you so much for today uh, Lord oh man how awesome are you As I sat and I bowed my head this morning, Lord, you filled my head with so much that I can do for the future. And I ask, Lord, sometimes that, you know, my brain goes on, that the world is so busy. There's all these fears, all this worry, uh, all these things of the world that get into our mind, Lord. But you say to us, take every thought captive, leave no room for the devil. Lord, right now we ask that any bad spirits, Lord, any anything of the enemy, just leave the presence right now and replace it with your spirit, Lord, the Holy Spirit, during this discussion of the day that you created for man to rest on, not for a day man created, but a day that you created for us to rest, this Sabbath, the day that you told us to keep holy, Lord, 
I ask, Lord, that you help me clarify to my to the person listening here and get through to them what you want me to say, Lord. I ask that your spirit take over this conversation, that you may open my eyes, open my ears, and use my mouth to speak the words you want me to speak. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we love you. We pray all of this in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, you guys ready to jump on in? Okay. So if you have your Bible, or if you just want to listen, I'm going to read to you first from Hebrews chapter 4. Now, before I read it, Hebrews chapter Hebrews is actually a book that no one knows who wrote it. Now, some people think Paul might have wrote it, but people don't know. And this is kind of a book, I believe, for Jews who are now becoming believers in Jesus Christ, right? Now, for you guys that don't know, Jesus is the Messiah of the Jews. And really, of all of us, when, when God told Abraham he's going to bless everybody through his seeds, that everybody is going to be made to come to God through the seed of Abraham, well, we have Jesus. Jesus has been able to allow all of us that connection directly with God because we are sinners and we're going to go over some of that stuff but Hebrews was those people who have been Jews and devout Jews and now they're fighting where people are saying Jesus isn't the son of God but these Jews really know that's not true so the writer of Hebrews says hey let me talk to you guys you guys who are all about the rules for so long following the Torah let me show you and now here's one he says, the Sabbath is still a rest for the people of God. Jesus came and he fulfilled the prophecy, the son of God, Genesis 3.15, the prophecy in the third book of Genesis, the, the Sabbath is still a rest. So here's what the writer of Hebrews says in chapter four. He says, therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you found to have fallen short of it. For we also had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. Now again, remember, the good news is of Jesus Christ. The good news is of the gospel. And so he's saying here that the Jews have also had the good news proclaimed to them, just as they would be the Gentiles did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed it. Right? So the faith of Jesus Christ, right, as in who you believe in, you believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, he did not come to change the law, but to fulfill it. So he's saying, just because you believe in Jesus Christ, there's still, there's some things here you still got to obey. You can't just say, I believe in Jesus and then go about your way. There's still some things that God is like, hey, yo, this is what I want you to do. Now, I know that you're not going to be perfect at it. That's why... Your debt is paid through Jesus Christ. All sin is canceled. As far as, you know, you believe in him and then you're not going to have to go up to heaven and, and be like, oh gosh, I forgot to do this, God. And then you go to hell. No, because your heart is with Jesus Christ, right? But still, that doesn't mean that you can just go and take advantage of grace. And that's kind of where he's starting here. And he says, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed, now... We who have believed 
entered the rest just as God has said, so I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Now, that is from Psalms 95.11, that, that quote there. So I declared on, on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. He is referring to those who basically turn their back on God. They say, I'm going to do it my way. Well, you're going to do it your way. You're never going to enter my rest. You're never going to enter my rest. And he says here, and yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And again, in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. Don't you find that interesting? So technically, we're in God's rest right now. This is the seventh day, the overall creation of the seventh day. He created everything, right? Day seven, he rested. And so it says here, on the seventh day, God rested from all his works. Then chapter five, verse five says, and again, in the passage above, it says, they shall never enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter the rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them, did not go in because of their disobedience. God again set a certain day, calling it today. This he did when a long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Now, Hebrews is thick. Let me, let's talk about that, right? This is not simply said. You got to kind of dive in and I hope the Lord helps me explain this to the best of, of the ability that he gives me okay so people since today is God's rest it's the seventh day it's his the Sabbath he created on whole we're not talking Monday through Friday Saturday Sunday here we're talking God's rest so in God's rest is once we die right once we die which we're all guaranteed to do if you don't believe in Jesus you're not going to enter that rest Right where there are no more, no more fear, no more tears, no more death, no more pain, no more sorrow. That rest. So when he says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. To me, that is one of the most important in all of Scripture. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And now we're going to come back on that. But what that means is don't harden your hearts to Jesus. Don't, don't harden your heart to everything that the word of God says and, and say, oh, I, what, here's what the world says. Don't harden your hearts because if you harden your hearts, you will not enter that day of rest. You will enter pain, sorrow, flames, death, gnashing of teeth. That is hell. Guys, you, this is the, the craziest thing to me. So many people say, I'm going to heaven, but they don't believe in a hell. So they think everyone goes to heaven. But that's not true. Not everyone will enter the rest of God. And he says here in verse 8, For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains... Then a Sabbath rest for people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God 
dead from his. So when we enter our rest and we enter God's rest, we're done with our works. Our works, right? We have three commandments. We'll go over these. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. Number two, love your neighbors as you love yourself and as I have loved you. And then number three, spread the good news all over the world. Spread the gospel. So our work is to spread the gospel consistently. Talk to people about the good news. Give the people a chance to invite the Holy Spirit into their life. Invite Jesus into their heart and understand that we, that he has made a way for us. That is our works. And how we live our life is our work. Are our works. Right? Do you understand this? Like, we go to work every day. Right? You go to work. If you're in an office or an athlete or an entrepreneur, whatever your work is, you go to work and you do that. But then you come home. But when you're at work, you still got work to do. When you're at home, you still got work to do. When you walk around the streets, you still got work to do. That is why I do this podcast, right? And I and I start my company so I can talk to people in a space that rely on a lot of things. I mean, people in the crypto space are on, on uh, what astrology and evil spirits and I mean, it's it's crazy. <laughs> but I still preach the good news of the gospel because that is my real job. I was created to worship God and my work is to spread his good news. So when I enter his rest, I will be at rest. I hope that made sense. And it says here, let us, this is verse 11, let us therefore make every enter, every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. That's what I was just referring to. Disobedience is following the things of the world, right? Not saying that you can't go to work, not saying you can't make money, not saying you can't have hobbies. But who do you represent when you're at work? Who do you represent when you're making money? Who do you represent when you're doing your hobby? Do you represent Jesus Christ? Do you represent the God of all creation? Who do you represent? When you look in the mirror, can you see Jesus? When people see you, can they see Jesus? Do your actions represent those of Jesus Christ? Now, this is a side note, by the way. Christ is not Jesus' last name, okay? There's been a lot of comments lately about Jesus. Christ means the Messiah, it's another word for Messiah, another word for the anointed one. Jesus of Nazareth is technically, I think, the name. Someone can correct me on that. Born in Bethlehem, but Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus, the son of God. Jesus Christ, Christ the Messiah, the anointed one. Jesus the Savior. I think Jesus does mean Savior, if I'm not mistaken. Just a side note there. So do you represent the Messiah? Do you represent the anointed one? The one who comes to save? And it says here, this is probably one of the best verses. Oh, man, this is full of the best verses. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. This is one that I think is very important too. 
For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. I want that on a t-shirt. I want, I want that on a t-shirt. I want that on a hat. I want that on these masks that I have to wear. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing, nothing at all, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. The word of God is alive. Okay, who is the word of God? What is the word of God? Yes, the Bible is the word of God. But so it's John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. Verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the word of God is alive. So the word of God was in the beginning and was God. And then the word became flesh, incarnate, God in the flesh. And dwelt among us. That man, who be, that God who became man, that man who is God, that man who is the son of God. The man who says, if you see me, you have seen the father. The man who taught us how to worship God. He is God, and he is alive and active, and he is sharper than any of the sharpest swords in the world. God is alive and active. If the word is God and God became flesh and dwelt among us, then we got to connect the dots. God, word, flesh, dwelt, Jesus. Jesus is alive and active. Jesus is sharper than any double-edged sword. He penetrates us, even those who are divided soul and spirit, jo uh, joints and marrow. Jesus judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So in order for us to go into that day of rest, we have to stand in front of God. And then we have to go, hey, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Ah, why can I enter heaven, Lord? Why can I enter your rest? I can enter your rest because I confessed with my mouth, I believed in my heart, and it was followed by my actions. It was followed by what I did. My beliefs showed, sorry, my actions showed my beliefs. My beliefs did not show through my actions. No, 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 no. What? What? What does that even mean? It is by faith that you are saved. Nothing of your doing. Your actions don't make you saved. Your faith makes you saved. Your faith allows you to enter the rest. And your faith in Jesus Christ allows you to enter the rest. Now, 
We got that done. The rest of God, to enter the rest of God, we have to believe in Jesus. Now, let's bring all that back and say, okay, so why the Sabbath? Why the Sabbath? Let me read something first. I'm going to read to you the Ten Commandments, the first four. This is Exodus chapter 20, for those who want to open their Bible. Exodus chapter 20, verse 1. And it says this, And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. Do not bow, do not kneel to anyone else besides God. I hope you just heard what I said there. Do not bow, do not kneel before anyone else besides God. I will show love to the thousands of generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. So the first commandment there is, you shall love no other gods before me. Do not make any images of any form that are God and worship them. And now let me clarify, because I know there's going to be some smart person in the comments that say, well, don't you guys worship the cross? Absolutely not. I do not worship the cross. In fact, the cross is only a symbolism of reminding us what Jesus went through, that he paid our debts, that he was cursed on that tree, his pain, his suffering that he was nailed to when he said it is finished, that all our debt is paid. That's what the cross is a reminder of. The cross is as a reminder, as a birth certificate, as a reminder of your of your earthly birth. The cross is a reminder of my heavenly birth. I don't worship the cross. I use it as a reminder that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Now bring us to, to, to verse 7 here. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will hold anyone guiltless. Who misuses his name. That means blasphemy of his name. Using his name in vain. It hurts my ears when I hear people do it. Definitely believers. Who use it as blasphemy in replace of a cuss word. No. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're here to talk about the fourth commandment. Verse 8. Remember the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the, Sabbath, on the seventh day. 
Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. The seventh day. The seventh day. Now, most people know the Old Testament Sabbath was on the seventh day of the week. Saturday, according to the Roman calendar. Saturday, according to the calendar we have right now, it's the seventh day. But that day is for Jews for some reason. That's what people say, that the Sabbath is only for Jews. And people have said, and we see it today in our churches, Jesus Christ came to change the Sabbath observance to Sunday worship. When did that happen? Did he really say that? I mean, we can look and early, like way back when Jesus was, he, he literally taught on the Sabbath day. And here, if you want to write some of these down and look them up yourself, Mark 1, 21, Mark 6, 2, Luke 4, 31, Luke 13, 10. In fact, Luke 4, 16 says it was his custom to teach on the Sabbath. Mark 2, 27, 28 says, and he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for man not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also on the Sabbath. Jesus Christ, the scriptures actually tell us, Jesus Christ is the Lord of the Sabbath. He made it for you and me. So those who wondered right there, Jesus says, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Who is the Lord of the Sabbath? Well, let's go back to Exodus 20. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. The Sabbath day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. That's verse 8. And then he says right there in Mark. And he says it in Mark and he says it in... Uh, let me see here. I think it's... Is it just Mark? I know he says it a couple times in the New Testament. Yeah, it's Mark 2.27. Then the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even on the Sabbath. Right there. He is God. He is the Son of Man. Son of Man is God. He's Lord on the Sabbath. The word Sabbath, guys, is actually mentioned 172 times in your Bible. 172 a third of them, roughly 60 of these, are found in the New Testament. So if Christ changed the Sabbath day to a Sunday, don't you think it'd be mentioned in the scriptures? I mean, that's my issue. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the things of this world. How did Sunday become a worship day for God and not Saturday? Now, am I being a legalist? No, I'm just asking a question. I am just asking a question. I mean, if I go through all the all the apostles would have said something about Sunday. I mean, they were there when Jesus rose. Okay. So you say, where does, in the New Testament, where does the Bible say Saturday is a Sabbath? 
Well, I'm glad you asked. Turn with me to Luke 19. I'm sorry, John 19. Let's go to John 19 first. Okay, John 19 first. Now we know that the Jews celebrate the Sabbath on a Saturday. Already done. It's done. But let's go into the scripture some more, which is written by the apostles. This is John 19, and I'm going to read from you Luke 23, just to get some context from two of the different of the writers of the New Testament. And this is verse 31. Now, it was the day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath. Okay? Now, what is this? This is right when Jesus died. This was the death of Jesus. John 19, verse 28. This is when Jesus is on the cross. Thursday is the Passover. That's when he uh, broke bread. That's when he told Judas to go do what he was called to do. That's when he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's when he sweated blood when he prayed to the Father to pass that cup, but that he will do the Lord's will. All that was on a Thursday, on the Passover. Then Friday is the day of preparation for the Sabbath. The Sabbath started at 6 p.m. on a Friday. And it says, Because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that, his, that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. The man who saw it was given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth because he testifies so that you may believe. These things happened so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken, and as another scripture says, they will look on the one they have pierced. Now again, Jesus said he came to fulfill the scriptures, fulfill the prophecies, not to change them. <clears throat> So Jesus officially died on the day before the Sabbath. It's right there in John 19. Turn with me to Luke 23. <clears throat> this is Luke 23, verse 44. And it says here, It was about noon. That's again, this is the day before Friday. I mean, the day before the Sabbath on a Friday. It was about noon. And the darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, in your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus. Gosh. Thank you, Jesus. 
for the sun stopped shining. There's so much in that. Because the son of man had now passed and the sun stopped shining around three in the afternoon. Three in the afternoon on a Friday, Jesus gave his spirit up. And then we go to the burial of Jesus in four, verse 54. It was the preparation day and the Sabbath was about to begin. In verse 50, he says, Now there was a man named Joseph, a man of the council, a good and upright man, who had not consented to their decision or action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in the tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was the preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who came, who had come with Jesus from Galilee, followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. Oh, this makes me so, I get so many mixed emotions when I think about Christ on the cross. The prophecies coming true. How he paid our debt. He canceled our debt. So that we may enter God's rest. Glory be to God. King of kings the Lord of Lords, the reason we are able to breathe. God, have mercy on all of us, Lord. Have mercy on those, Lord, who do not know you. Lord, I ask that those who hear your voice today do not harden their hearts. Lord, I ask that you help us do those works so that we may enter your rest, knowing that we did all we could. The pain and suffering, Lord, that you went through, that you decided to come on this earth and walk with us and dwell among us, Lord. That do we do not take advantage of the grace, Lord, that you have bestowed upon all of us. Turn with me to Luke 24. We've now known that Jesus died on Friday. We now know the Passover was on a Thursday. But the next day, the very next day, in the middle of the night that night actually, they came and arrested Jesus. They tortured him. They spit on him. They nailed him his hands and his feet to that wooden board that became a cross that he had to carry a cross on his own. He even asked Abba Father to forgive them for they know not what they do. 
Then he gave his last breath. Then Joseph came, asked Pilate to take his body down because it was preparation for the Sabbath around 3 o'clock when Jesus died, so he had to be in the tomb by 6. And then the women who were with him saw his body in the tomb. They gave spices, but then they went home by 6 o'clock, by sundown, because they needed to rest for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is now over, and then it says here in verse 24, on Luke 24, chapter 24 of Luke, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took those spices they prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of Jesus. They did not find the body of Jesus. While they were there wondering about this, suddenly two men with clothes, some believed they were angels, gleamed the lightning, stood beside them. In their fright, the woman bowed down. They got on their knees and down on their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you why he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and then on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. On the third day he was raised. So Friday was day one when he died. Second day was the day of rest Saturday. And on the third day Sunday he rose. Again, confirming in the scriptures that Saturday is the Sabbath, the day of rest for the people of God. The people who truly believe in God, Saturday is your day of rest. Saturday is the Sabbath for those who believe in God, for those who are the people of God, for those who put their faith in Jesus Christ, Saturday is the Sabbath. That was Luke. Here is John 20, confirming what Luke wrote to us in 24. Earlier on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, the Sabbath goes from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. So at 6 a.m., sunrise, right? So when the sun is rising, it's still dark, but the sun has breached the horizon. Kind of, The sun has breached the horizon. The sun is coming up. It is a new day. So he came, says Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, that would be John, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Mary originally thought Jesus had been stolen, right? Remember in Luke 24, it said, then she remembered after the two angels told him, but originally she panicked. Oh my gosh, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? They took him. So Peter and the other disciples started running for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb. One had Hussein bolt feet. <laughs> he bent over and looked into the end at the stripes of linen laying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the stripes lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. 
The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and he believed. He saw and he believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had ridden from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. So Jesus had told them at least three times that they're going to have to, he's going to die and he's going to rise. So here, when the disciples went back, that's when you come to Luke 24, guys. That's when you come to Luke 24 and the angels, the two men, tear Mary Magdalene. Hey, remember? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified on the third day, be raised. Then they remembered their words, his words. You see that? When they came back to the tomb, they told everyone. So who was there? Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and others with them who told this to the apostles. So you see in John 20, the apostles went back, but the women stayed. The same women who were at the cross when Jesus said his last breath. So in order to enter that rest that God has given us, we have to believe in the Son of God, who was God in the beginning, who is the Word of God, when the Word is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged double sword or any double-edged sword, who died, rested on the Sabbath, rose again on the first day of the week of Sunday. Mm. Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. Paul continued to teach on the Sabbath many years after Christ died. Look at Acts 13, 14, 15. He taught three Sabbaths in a row. 20 years after Christ had died, Paul was still teaching on the Sabbath, just as Christ did, the Messiah did, the Anointed One did, the Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, the beginning, the end, the always, the forever, always taught on the Sabbath. And that is why I teach to you on the Sabbath. Keep the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. I tell you these things to pray about. I'm going to be honest with you. I want you to pray about this so badly. Talk to Christ. Talk to our God. Invite the Holy Spirit in to say, why do we worship in this world on a Sunday when God has strictly given us a Saturday as the Sabbath? Why does the enemy change our worship to Sunday? And why are we compliant to it? Romans 12, 2. 
Do not conform to the things of this world. I ask, you look into it. I leave you with this. You look into why we, why church is now on Sundays and who pushed that movement. I tell you guys all the time, we are closer than we have ever been to the end. And I did a whole sermon on that. Matthew 24. Go check it out. The beginning of sorrows. It's called These Things Must Happen. So I ask you, are you able to enter the Lord's rest when it is all said and done? When we are made to give account are you hiding anything from God do you know Jesus do you understand his word do you understand that Jesus came to fulfill the prophecies not to change it I think it's time for you if you believe if you don't believe if you're curious to have a conversation with the God that nothing is hidden from. With the God who loves us. With the God who is there for us. Again, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me today. As always, this is your boy Christian Israel. Please like and subscribe to the channel. I'm here every Sabbath. Let me know if you got something out of this. Pass this on. Let your work be done here on earth so you can enter God's rest. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Please remember, God loves you. I love you. You are loved. Until next time, guys, God bless you all. Later.